Hey, uh, I have a question. I have a question. Did you, did you make the most of today? Yeah? All right, good. It's about, eight, about 8.45 here. We got, I don't know, 12, about 16 hours left here. Guys, it stinks, it stinks, but promise me, every moment, every second, can you make it count? These three people here can. Every moment, every hour, every second, can you make it count? Yeah. All right. Cool. Love it, love it, love it. I was, uh, you know, I was going around, going around camp today, talking to people, just seeing crazy things. Crazy things happen out there. Y'all ever seen that? Y'all, see, y'all, y'all notice that when you're walking around out there? I, uh, I was talking to our, a crew of girls today. I think they're from Northway, hopping on the bikes, uh, waiting, waited, waited 45 minutes, 45 minutes to get on the bikes to go to the dip. Who was that? Where are you, where are you guys at? Was that the whippy dip? Who said, who said, what is the dip? Somebody educate that guy at some point. Be here next year sometime. You need to go to the whippy dip. Was it, I've, was it worth it? She says, I guess. I don't, we're not friends. Okay. I saw, I saw, I walked in, I walked into the, of course it's good. It's the whippy dip. Jeez, oh man, y'all are haters. I walked into the lodge today and I walk into this like insider gambling ring. Wheeling and dealing, playing a little poker with like half of the snack bar on the table. And it, at the center, at the center of this ring, there sits a boy with a crazy look in his eye. His name is Tristan. And Tristan says, I just had some fun dip. <laughs> like, y'all, I've seen some things. There's some crazy stuff happening out there, I tell. You uh, guys, 16 hours left every moment, every second. Make it count. Somebody, uh, a Jack, who is, who's been up here before, he's one of the directors here. He's got the long hair. Uh, you know, he's an awesome dude. He, he said something to me today I, during our leadership. I didn't even realize. Guys, this is like this time, this camp is the only time that everybody in this room will be in the same place at the same moments together, guys. These last 16 hours, every moment, every second, make it count. Guys, tonight, I wanted to reflect on something. Last night was a really big night. We talked about the fact that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And some of you last night made the biggest and best decision you ever will make, ever have made. You decided to give your life, to give your trust to Jesus. And guys, yeah, make some noise for that. That is... Awesome, guys, because, because listen to me. Look at me right now. Guys, that changes everything. That changes everything. And tonight, I want to take a moment before I get started just to celebrate that. Uh, because here's the thing. Sometimes when it comes to Jesus stuff and church stuff, we start to get a little quiet. I don't want, I don't want nobody to hear me talk about Jesus. 
I don't, I don't want anybody to know that I go to church sometimes. I'm going to pray real quietly to myself. And that's cool and all. But guys, here, here's what it is. Like, like the Bible tells us to be a city on a hill that at night when that thing lights up, it's the only thing you can see for miles around. We want to celebrate the fact that we know Jesus, that we're following Jesus. And so here's how we're going to do that. In just a second, you can hang tight for one sec. Uh, if last night you made a decision to kind of give your life to Jesus, to give your trust to Jesus. I, I, will, I will in a second ask you to stand up if you're comfortable doing that, but, but hang tight for one second because he, here's why. I, I want you to do it. I want you to stand up with the person who brought you here. I want you to stand up with maybe someone who nudged you and kind of pushed you along and said, hey, I want you to be here for this. Maybe it's a friend or, or maybe it's just a leader or, or your youth pastor or somebody who is kind of, bring it in guys, bring it in, bring it in. Maybe just your youth pastor or someone who is encouraging you to be here. And here's why we're going to, here's why I want to do this. Listen in, guys. Everybody, eyes up here. I want to do this because of two reasons. Number one, we want to celebrate it. We want to just, man, have a party about the fact that you made this decision that is going to change your life and is going to change the lives of people around you. And we want you to be able to look around and see these people who are not only in the same journey as you, man, they are your family. They are your family, your brothers and sisters uh, in Jesus Christ. And when you look at them, you know that, man, sometimes we're going to fall short. Sometimes we're going to make mistakes. But these people are here with me. I can lean on them. I can rely on them. We are in this together. So in just a second, uh, if that was you, if you made that decision last night, you can kind of nudge the person who brought you, or you can nudge that person if you made that call and see if they want to stand up, only if you're comfortable, guys. But we want to celebrate you, and we want you to see the family you're a part of. And so if that's you on the count of three, you can stand up so we can give you just go crazy for you. Ready? One, two, Three. Go ahead and stand up. That's awesome, guys. Make some noise for them. Give somebody a hug. Give them a high five, whatever it is. Hang on, guys. Don't sit down yet. I mean, everybody here, just look. Guys, really quickly, look around you. Look at the people next to you. Look at the people you're standing with, people who are sitting down. Guys, this is family. Uh, we are on this journey together as we get to know Jesus as brothers and sisters. You can go ahead and grab a seat. Give them a round of applause one more time. So good, guys. And I hope tonight and tomorrow as we gather two more times together, I got a couple things for you to just help you think through what it means to know Jesus and to follow him. Before I do that, I wanted to tell you a quick story. Can I do that? Yeah. Cool. So um, I told you the other night, uh, uh, my mother, she's a saint. She's a wonderful woman. She's basically like Martha Stewart. Y'all know who Martha Stewart is? She, if you know who she is, Martha Stewart, first of all, educate yourself. Second of all, Second of all, Martha Stewart is like, is like the goddess of hospitality and cooking and, and all things like wonderful and welcoming. And my mom is basically that. And, and I don't know if you were ever in the spot growing up when your mom kind of dragged you to the grocery store. Maybe that still happens. Yeah, I don't know. But that was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? Because you go in, you're like, oh, I want that thing, but I can't have that thing, and I'm just kind of going place to place to place. And, and one time, when I was a little bit younger, my mom said, hey, let's go to the grocery store. I said, okay, I'll go to the grocery store. I didn't have a choice, but I said, okay, I'll go to the grocery store. And, and we get there, and I thought, you know what? I'm getting a little bit older. I'm like eight, nine, ten, something like that. And I figured, uh, maybe I'll have a little bit of fun here. Mom, can I do the shopping? Can, can I go around with the cart and like get what we need? And she said, yes, here you go. Here's the list. But listen, Jason, listen, I need you to get exactly what is on this list. Look at it, read the words it says, and get it. Do you understand me? And I'm like, yes. And uh, <sighs> you'll find out later. So, so, so I get the list, and I get the cart, and I'm going around, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, I, I, get, I see the butter, I grab the butter. I see, like, the milk, I grab the milk. And I see, oh, some Oreos, I'm not supposed to have those, but I'll throw those in, let's go. And, and I, and I kind of do my thing, and I get the things that are on the list, and, and I finally have this full cart, and I'm wheeling it back to the front of my store, at the, the store, and, and I see my mom standing there, and I got this big smile on my face. I'm so proud of myself, and, and she sees me, and I pull up, and I'm like, here you go, and she gives me that look. You know that look? The one that says, did, did you even listen to anything I said? Uh, and I knew that look, and I said, I said, well, no, I didn't listen to everything you said, apparently, because you're giving me that look. And she said, Jason, I told you to get exactly what was on the list. And I mean, she had the thing written down to the name brand, okay? Like, she knew exactly the kind she wanted for the thing she was making, because she was baking something else that day, because she bakes something every day, and she was making it work. And I said, well, I don't see what the problem is. Like, you said butter, you said milk. And she's like, Jason, you, you, you missed the point. Like I needed this kind of butter, this brand, because it works in the bread this way. And I needed like this specific kind of eggs because it just works better for this cake and da, da 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 And I didn't get it. But what she was showing me was like, hey, yeah, you, you, you check the main things off the list, but like you missed the actual point. You missed like what I actually needed as you were rushing into it. And guys, I want to talk a little bit about that kind of idea today, because I think that sometimes uh, we, when it comes to like this Jesus stuff, we kind of miss we kind of miss the point, uh, and that's what I want to talk about here. And so bear with me, because I got another story about Jesus today. But, but like I said earlier, guys, here's the truth, that if Jesus is alive, that changes everything. I mean, I mean, if he got up out of the grave and he walked out, he was dead, but he got up and walked out of that grave, man, man that, that changes everything. Because that means this Jesus that says, follow me, is the Jesus who, who literally, who... Uh, is this man who we can get to know and have a relationship with the God of the universe. And, and if that's who he is, man, we can know this person who can do all things, who, who, who has the power to do all things and knows all things. Like We can get to know this person, guys, that changes everything for us. And, and I kind of have this idea in my head, and I say this a lot, and it's this. What you believe changes what you do. Right? What you believe changes what you do. Like, if you have some sort of thought or idea, or if there's something you know up here, it's going to change how you act, the things you say, the things you want, things like that. Like, like for example, like if I believed that this stage would not hold me, well, then I wouldn't have got up on it because I ain't trying to fall, you know, right? And if, or if I believe that, like, man, if I believe the person standing next to me is a good person, I want to respect them, then, like, I'm not going to do something to disrespect them. What I believe up here changes what I do, it changes my actions. 
actions. And I believe it's the same. If we believe that Jesus is alive, then it's going to change how we act, how we treat other people, things like that. And I want to talk about this tonight uh, through the story of a guy named Paul. And I'll get there for a second and, and his interaction with Jesus. But basically, here's what I want you to know tonight. You can throw this up on screen, that knowing Jesus shifts our focus. Say that underlying part for me. Ready? Knowing Jesus Right? What I mean is that knowing Jesus changes our, our focus, our glance, our direction on one thing, and it kind of changes it on to another. And that's what I want to talk about here tonight with this guy, Saul. So in the Bible, he kind of has two names. He, he first goes by Saul, and then he just switches the first letter, and he goes by Paul. I don't get it. That's just how it happens, I guess. But his name was Saul. It changes his name, Paul. And here's what you need to know about him. He is this, like, perfectly religious dude. Right, I mean, like when you think of the word religious, I mean, this guy is that to a T. I mean, he's from the right, he, he's a Jew, and he's from the right family to kind of have all these special uh, things about him, and he knows the law, he knows the Bible, he keeps it perfectly. In fact, he was so smart that he was one of those Pharisees, right? One of those guys who was kind of one of the religious leaders, and that just wasn't like a job you applied for. Like, that was something that they said, this guy is special enough to be that. And you best believe that this dude, he knew all the stories and, and he was at the temple, their place of worship, like every day, if not every week, or if every week, if not every day. And that was just a part of his life. And he had all of these things that he could do to be like this good standing person that, yep, if I do this, 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 and this, well, then I'm good with God. And we kind of get each other. But, but something special about him is this, that his whole mission, the whole thing he was about was that he hated the people that followed Jesus. In fact, he wanted to kill them. He wanted to break up these churches and do away with the people who followed Jesus. And, and at one point, he, he tries to go to this new town to go to and break up the church there and to jail and do away with the people who are following Jesus. And that's kind of where our story picks up here tonight. So, so this is uh, in Acts. It's chapter 9. It starts at verse 3, I think, as soon as I pick it up here. It starts at verse 3. And it goes like this. This is when his name here is Saul. It says, On his journey, Saul approached Damascus. Damascus is the town he was going to. It says, Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed all around him. He fell to the ground. He heard a voice speak to him, Saul, Saul, why are you opposing me? And he says, Who are you, Lord? Because he can't see anything. He just hears this voice. He doesn't recognize it, but he realizes it's something great or something bigger than him. He says, who are you? And their voice replies, I am Jesus. I am the one you're opposing. I'm the one that you are fighting against. I'm the one that you are trying to destroy. Now get up and go into the city. There you will be told what to do. And so Saul's story goes on a little bit. First, right after this, he becomes blind. He can't see anything. And so the guys that he is with, they have to guide him into the town. And he gets there. He doesn't eat anything, drink anything for three days. He doesn't see anything for three days. And during that time, he realizes what he was doing. He realizes who that man is that he met on the road. It's that Jesus. See, Paul had definitely heard a couple things about Jesus. He knew all the cool things he was doing and said, and realized that, that Jesus was alive. He didn't stay in that grave that they put him in. He met him there 
on the road. Jesus was alive and it changed everything for Paul. I mean, the dude pulled a complete 180. He went from wanting to kill these Christians to going everywhere and telling people about this good news and what he has done. A couple of verses later in verse 20, it says this, right away, Saul began to preach in the synagogues, the places where the Jews went to worship. It says, he taught that Jesus is the son of God. And all who heard him were amazed. They asked, isn't he the man who caused great trouble in Jerusalem? Didn't he make trouble for those who worship Jesus? He, uh, hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Basically, these guys can't believe that this guy who's standing up and talking about Jesus is the one who was trying to kill them earlier. Really quickly, let me say this. Uh, if anyone, when you go home, if something happens significant here for you this week, and when you go home, and if anybody tries to use uh, your past against you or the thing that have happened and the things that people have said against you and say, well, there's no way you can be like that because I know this, this, this about you. Uh, They are lying and they do not know the God uh, that you know. I don't want to speak that out right now, but really quickly, go on. So they're saying, can't this be that guy? And it says, but Saul grew more and more powerful. The lives, uh, the, the Jews living in Damascus couldn't believe what was happening. Saul proved to them that Jesus uh, is the Christ, the person, the God who put on flesh and bone and came down to meet us. And so this guy pulls a 180. He goes from this direction and he turns around over here and says, I want to know about Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to have a relationship with him. And it's crazy. He goes on. I'm going to read one extra verse. It's not on the screen, but you heard it in Bible study here this morning. Paul goes on in this letter to, he writes to a church and he's saying to them, listen, I got all these awards about me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a very important Jewish man and I know all of these things and I follow all these rules and I keep the law perfectly. But then he goes on said this, I thought the things like that, all these awards I have were really something great, but now I consider them to be nothing because of Jesus. Even more, I consider everything to be nothing compared to knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. He says, I consider all of those things, all the things I have, all the things people thought about me, I consider that nothing when I compare it to knowing Jesus. I mean, man, how does that change happen in somebody's lives from killing Christians to literally being one of the most important people in the Bible? This dude goes on and basically is so important in starting Christianity, goes from town to town and tells people the good news about Jesus, about who he was and what he did. Like, how does that happen? It happens because on a road to Damascus, Paul meets Jesus. He realizes that Jesus is alive and it changes everything. It changes everything for him because in that moment, he realized that that when he met Jesus, that Jesus didn't want some sort of checklist. He wanted a relationship. Here's what I mean. Paul had a really good religious checklist. He had this list of things he could do and list off that made him a really good dude. He said, well, uh, I know my Bible, check, and I'm, I'm at the temple a lot, check, and I'm really smart, and I know a lot of things about God, check, and I keep the law perfectly, check, 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 check. And Jesus sees that and says, Paul, I see what you're doing. I see how you're following all these rules, but that's great, but you don't know me. Jesus says, Paul, you're seeing all these things, but you don't know me. He says, I don't want your checklist. I want a relationship 
with you. I want you to know me. I, I want more than just like, hey, I'm gonna do this, this, and this. I want you to, to take me everywhere with you. I mean, man, if you have a friend, you go places with them and you do things with them. And Paul, Jesus says to Paul, I want you to have this close relationship with me, not just these things. I've heard it kind of said like this, that, that Jesus should not be first in your life. Right, that Jesus should not be number one on your priority list. Here's why. Because if he's just on a list and he's right there at number one, and you kind of have him there, and then like my sports second, and my homework's like all the way down here, like wherever your priorities are, well, if you check off number one, if you kind of get a quick Bible reading in, or you pray before dinner or something like that, check, there's kind of my God stuff for the day, now I'll do the rest of it. Like you can check it off the list, and, and you're done with it. So Jesus shouldn't be first in your life, but instead Jesus should be central to your life in all that you do. Every single thing you do should, should revolve around Jesus if you have a relationship with him. Because if it's not, I mean, those things are just kind of floating out there. Those things we do, those things that we care about, they're just kind of out there. We do them, but they don't have a purpose that's bigger uh, than themselves. But man, if those things that we have revolve around Jesus, it gives them a purpose and it gives them something bigger than, than what they actually are. It's kind of like this. Some of you guys know or might have realized that uh, I like space, I like science stuff. I've talked about the stars like a hundred times at this point. And I just like looking at it. I don't really understand it, but it's just really cool. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about our solar system. So here's a really scientifically uh, accurate depiction of what our solar system looks like, right? So the solar system is our sun and the planets kind of orbiting around it. And the sun is so big that it has a gravitational pull. It's, it's keeping the planets kind of rotating around it. And that's great. But here's the thing. If the sun wasn't at the center of our solar system, this is what would happen. If that were to go out, every single planet that's rotating around it would stop having any sort of direction. It would just kind of float off into space. You see those down there? I mean, they're almost going to collide into each other. At that point, they're not planets. They're just rocks kind of floating out into space with no purpose. But because the sun is at the center, and you can head back to that last one, because the sun is at the center, these rocks that are just floating around in space, they have purpose. They have direction. As I thought about this, I thought, wow, that is so like what our relationship with Jesus is supposed to be like. Man, if Jesus is at the center of every single thing we do, then everything we do revolves around him. It's not like, well, I get my God stuff out of the way in the morning, and then I can go to soccer practice, and then I can come home and play video games, and then do my homework like way, way, way later, and then go to school the next day, and they're just kind of floating out there. No, if Jesus is at the center of all we do, every single thing we do points back to him, and every single thing we do, uh, we, we take him there, and he is there with us in those things. Guys, I say all of this to say this. Jesus invites us to an extraordinary life. We're just ordinary people, but he invites us to an extraordinary life. And that extraordinary life has to be more than a checklist. And just for just a second, I want to speak to a couple of certain people in the room, maybe people who've been around here for a while, people who've been in church for a long time, people who uh, you know, have been to camps for a long time, and you feel like you kind of get it, you kind of know Jesus. I want to offer something up for you, that I think sometimes we tend to have a checklist. I think Paul had his checklist. I think we kind of have our own. Here's what ours looks like. Well, uh, okay, so I kind of grew up in church, check. And I'm in church pretty regularly, check. I've been to Sunday school my whole life, check. I barely miss 
youth group check. I know the Bible stories, man. I can re- recite all of these, the Old Testament ones off by heart. And, uh, and uh, I know all the songs, too, so I can close my eyes whenever I start singing them. And uh, man, whenever I really get into it, I know when to pat my chest or like to lift my hands up, and I really know how to start singing it there. And you best believe that, that when I see that thing on Snapchat that says, uh, if you believe in God, share this. Well, I'm going to share that, because I know that's true, right? And we go, check, 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 check. But here's the thing. Sometimes we focus on those things, and we completely forget to know Jesus, If we miss Jesus in those things, then all those other things are kind of pointless. But but if we know Jesus, sure, all these things are going to happen, and it's going to be great. We we go to church to get to know Jesus better, and we're involved in in our youth group or whatever ministry we're a part of to get to know Jesus, and we get to sing and worship him because we know him. But guys, if we miss Jesus there, we miss the point. If we're just doing those things, we completely miss who he is and what he's calling us to be. Guys, knowing Jesus changes everything. Knowing Jesus and knowing that Jesus is alive, it gives us purpose. It gives every single thing we do purpose. And tonight, uh, a little bit later, uh, we have something happening right just after this, and we'll have cabin times a little bit later, but this is our last cabin time for the week uh, before you go home. And, And what I want you guys to talk about is this. When you're in your cabin times, if you've decided to to follow Jesus, to give your life, your trust to Jesus, how can you shift your focus to him? How can you change your focus, what you kind of have your your eyes fixated on, how can you shift that to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, I know I have a lot of stuff going on, but ultimately, I want you to be a part of that. I want you to be with me in these things. As I follow you, I want you to be a part of it so I can get to know you better in every space, in every place that I go, whether it's school, at home, in the places we, we, we just go throughout the day, guys, what is your focus on? What are you focusing on? And if you want to know Jesus, how can you focus on him just a little bit better? Not our checklist, but our relationship uh, with him. Uh, Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you uh, for our time together tonight. I pray that as we kind of look to wrap up our time here, uh, that we would realize uh, the extraordinary life that you call us to. And it's not so much about doing this and doing that, but it is about knowing you and the full life we can experience because of that. And so I pray that if we made just an awesome decision last night, whether to get to know you for the first time or to turn back around and run towards you, that we would know more about what it means to know you and to follow you and to love you and most importantly, that we would know uh, how deeply and how wide your love is for us. So be with us now, be with us tonight as we get to know you a little bit better. We pray in your name. Would somebody say amen? Amen. 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 Hang tight, guys. Thanks.